Today's guest is Rain Elizabeth Stickney. Rain is a meditation instructor, healer, spiritual counselor, and podcast host of Every Moment is Sacred. I invited Rain on as a guest for the At Home series because Rain has a lovely home in the state of Vermont that I personally wanted to know a little bit more about. Rain shares such beautiful photos and imagery of her sanctuary on her personal Instagram at Pictures of Presence. Rain and I met through the podcasting world. I have been a guest on her podcast and I'm grateful to now have her on mine. I really value what Rain is putting out there into the world of healing and meditation. Rain and I discuss not only her immediate living environment, but also why finding sacred space in everyday moments is not something we need to necessarily seek out or make special time for. We certainly can, but we can also acknowledge that every moment is sacred when we bring our attention to the present moment. As you'll hear, Rain and her family picked up from Northern California post-pandemic to make the cross-country trek to Vermont, all in hopes for a change in pace and environment. So far, I think it's working out really well for them. Enjoy today's episode with my guest and friend, Rain Elizabeth. Rain, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I'm having you come on as part of our at-home summer series that is running all through the summer because summertime is a time for slowing down. Mm -hmm. Um, It's associated to the fire element. So that embodies a lot of joy and passion and connection to the heart. So we're doing things we love. We're spending more time with those that we love. I think summertime is a time for really living in the moment. At least I'm trying to make that more part of my life. (laughs) I am. You know, I want to be able to wind down. I still have two kids under 10. So mm-hmm. I want to be present with them. I left a corporate career to do just that. My first summer outside of my corporate career, I didn't do a great job of that. But I'm really being intentional this time around. So I'm so happy to be here. And I have a kiddo who is nine. So we're mm-hmm. in the same game with that age group. Yeah. So the whole purpose of the At Home series is to really get a sneak peek into the way people live at home. I think a lot of humans are very curious about how other people live, especially inside our homes. And the people that I have coming on this series, you know, are kind of living life in that same space, just being connected to nature, um, connected to their bodies, their spiritual Mm -hmm. practice. So part of my mission is to put that out into the world for others to see and inspire others to also live in that space mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. I think you're a perfect fit for this conversation. So I'm happy. Thank you. <laughs> you live in a beautiful state, the state of Vermont. And when I see you walking around the outside of your home and all of the photographs you share of just trees and flowers and nature all around, it just it looks like a magical place. I've never been to Vermont, but I've heard wonderful things. So I can't wait to get your perspective. So maybe we'll start with that. Mm -hmm. Well, let me share two things. One, we rented this home, but when we actually drove up the driveway, which is a very long driveway, almost a half mile, 
and going up and down all the curves and dirt road and then driving up to this palace. I was completely awestruck. It's a three-story home, very uniquely designed, um, a detached garage, a forest, a garden, a woodshed. And I grew up in poverty. And so driving up to this home that looked like a castle, I was awestruck. And then we renewed the lease and then we bought the home. And now this really is our home. And from where I come from, it still two and a half years later feels a little too big for me. But I also love my home so much. And I do love being in the forest and having a garden and having trees and living in Vermont, all the seasons are are pretty extreme. So being able to see that cycle of time throughout the year, which is very different from California where I was born and raised, um, which I love the state of California, but the extreme seasons are not the same as over here on the East Coast. What's your favorite season there in Vermont? Oh, gosh, that's interesting. Now in California, my favorite season was spring because all the wildflowers are everywhere around my birthday, which is in April. But out here in Vermont, spring is drab often and long, kind of a long drab, like where is the color kind of a season. So I have to say that I love the summer in Vermont where it gets very lush and green and just everything is blooming and the birds are everywhere. And the wide expanse of colors of birds is quite amazing. Um, and I'm remembering, I didn't tell you the second thing. The second thing about this home is that recently, one of my extended family members sent me a drawing that I made probably in the early 2000s. And it was a drawing that I made for him and it was a drawing of a home. And it is the home that I live in. I've heard of this happening before to people where they draw something or they create something or they envision something or they make a mind map. And then years or decades later, that reality comes to be. And I'm a bit floored that that has happened to me. I drew this home where I live. That's amazing. <laughs> Probably uh, 20 years before I moved here. Yeah, I have certainly heard that as well. Now, I don't do like a lot of visualization specific, like intentionally for manifestation. Like I know you, you can, and I know a lot of people who are big believers in that. And, I'm, you know, I'm sure it works. And it's probably something that I should do more often, but I don't. But I will find myself very often kind of having these visions of myself, you know, maybe tending to a garden or standing. I always have this one of like standing in a huge, beautiful sunroom slash greenhouse. I, I don't know why. It's just something that always comes to mind when I think, what would my next house look like? Or, And it's interesting that I say that even though I don't have exactly what I envision in my head, I do have a sunroom in this home now. And it's like one of my favorite places to be, especially in the spring, summer when it starts getting warm. And I can feel like I can move out there into the outside world a little bit. And I love working out there during the day and 
my dog, she'll come out and she likes to lay out there with me. It is. There's something really to be said about visioning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. And I, and I remembered the drawing when I saw it, but it's not something I have ever thought about since giving it to my family member. Yeah. That's amazing. What a cool story. So what prompted a big cross-country move for you? It was three parts. One part was that my family and I lived in a small top floor apartment around 1,100 square feet, two bedrooms, one bathroom. Um, What we liked about that apartment was that every room had sliding glass doors. And so we had a lot of natural light and great airflow. But by the time the pandemic hit, California, that area and other parts of California had four years of really bad wildfires. And we're beginning like kind of in the middle of the beginning of the pandemic was the beginning of the fourth year of a pretty bad wildfire season. And so the reality of being in a small apartment, having wildfires where the smoke is so thick outdoors, you can't see across the street. So you can't really go outside because it's not safe to breathe that air. You can be inside, but not with family and friends because of pandemicking and isolating and do we have a pod and who's in the pod and all those things that we all went through. Um, My son's eyesight was very challenging for him and he could see far away better. So being indoors in a small apartment, he really couldn't see well. And even with his glasses, it was stifling in so many different ways. (laughs) So there are the wildfires, there was the pandemic, there was my son's health. And actually a fourth factor was that My partner and I wanted to move into a better home in California, and we had been looking for years. And the situation with the price of housing in California at that time was to get something and pay more for it, we would still have the same thing. Like it was really hard to upgrade because to pay more meant what we had. And I personally didn't really like what we had. So we were looking for a change anyway. All those four factors came together and brought us across the country to an estate. (laughs) That's courageous too, to just kind of up and go so far away. Now, do you have family or anything here in Vermont? We don't. And Todd, um, my partner, he grew up in New Jersey and he spent a lot of time in Vermont because growing up, his family had land in Southern Vermont. So this has always been a heartland for him. And I had been out here one time. Um, Moving here was my second time being in this lovely state. But he really, really loves this part of the world. And so there was a, a trust and an experiment that we all went through, which is why we had a six month lease, because if we hated it, then it would be an easy out to do something different. Well, it sounds like you made a good choice and you seem happy you bought the estate. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What, um, I know you mentioned sometimes Todd travels a lot. So sometimes you feel like all alone in a big house. What's your favorite part of this home or estate? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Todd does travel and he's in Amsterdam right now. And Overall, I love our property and I love that our trailhead into the forest is just beyond 
like our parking area. So there's easy access to just step into the woods. I love that right now I have seeds growing in the greenhouse, in the garden, and nurturing those plants is really nurturing me as well. But in the home, I'm actually in my favorite room, which is our guest room. And I also use this room as my office. And this is a, a, a top floor room with a slanted roof, um, like a sliding glass window, like kind of like a French door, but there's no balcony. So you just open a very large window. Um, but it feels so cozy in here. I just feel very at home up here. And in this room, all of the nature sounds come through very well and very easily. So when it rains, I can hear it. I can hear the snow. When it snows, I can hear the birds as they do their migration throughout the year. So this, this is my spot. This is my little nest up here. I see you on Zoom, so I can see all the wood paneling behind mm -hmm. you. It's stained a nice warm brown is actually more of that earth energy. And mm -hmm. so you can see that like cozy, grounded, supported. Mm -hmm. I love it. It does look cozy. <laughs> <laughs> what about challenges? Anything that you hope to improve on someday that could make your life a little easier? Yes. Well, we both are first time homeowners. So all of the home owning things have been interesting and challenging, such as, I think we've had three appraisals in the purchasing process. And one of them is kind of a rare appraisal, but all the appraisals showed that the home is valued at different amounts. So how much is the home really valued? These kinds of questions that I've never had to face before. Um, and then we also bought the home very consciously because we had lived here for almost a year before we bought it. Um, we knew that there was a lot to fix up in the home. And so we did that consciously. However, we keep finding more and more things like, oh, there's this to fix and there's that to fix and how much will that cost? And so all the fixer upper stuff is part of our daily conversations. Yeah, it's always an ongoing one for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless you newly build your home. Yeah, I love mm -hmm. the character of old places though definitely the things that break are always the challenge because they always seem to come at the worst timing but mm -hmm. there is something to be said about just life what used to live there do you know any history of the home we know a little bit we know that it was built the year that i was born which feels very interesting to me we are the fourth owner. And this property used to be a horse farm long ago. And so two owners ago. So somebody built it, somebody else bought it, a third family bought it, and we bought it from them. So two families ago, there was a horse farm and the landscape of the forest has changed over time. And there's a part of our property that right now is a marsh and it's regrowing into forest by sprouting a lot of white pine, which is an early forest tree. And then later it um, diversifies into other trees, but the white pines grow very fast. But prior to the marsh becoming a forest, it was actually a meadow. And that's where the horses grazed and the horses would walk down the hill into the meadow, graze and come back up to stable at night. and 
also when that area was a meadow, there was a lot of beaver activity at the far end of the meadow, which created a wonderful pond. And in the winter, it was an ice skating pond. So the family before us was able to go down to the ice skating pond and ice skate in the middle of winter. But now it's not like that. Now it's a story. Yes. So it's interesting to know a little bit about how things have changed over time. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You have like a little bit of everything there. I mean, it's changing now and evolving, Mm -hmm. but how Mm -hmm. cool all these little different scenes of nature is what I'm envisioning. You get a little bit of everything there. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know you talk about in your podcast, Every Moment of Sacred, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit, Um, but I'm curious what that means for you as it relates to your home Mm -hmm. or your living environment. And if you need me to rephrase that, let me know. (laughs) I I hope you understand what I mean, like how I'm asking that. (laughs) I think so. Let's let's see if my if my answer hits the mark. Okay. (laughs) There is an ongoing struggle I have, particularly with my partner um, and my son. He's nine, so. He's just learning and he learns from both me and his father. But the struggle has to do with how every moment is sacred for me at the very least. And I like my home to reflect that. And I like there to be little altars and special things and a nice place to sit um, really everywhere. And what I was thinking about this before speaking with you, Sarah, I am really good at setting up sacred spaces. My partner is really good at taking a pile of clutter and putting it on my sacred space. (laughs) And then the sacred space becomes a holder of clutter. (laughs) And I've tried this in different ways. So sometimes a sacred space for me will be an altar with some odd objects, which for somebody else can look like clutter because objects can look like clutter. So I've also tried having um, more of an open space with maybe an open table with a vase of flowers on it. But when there's open space, that looks like a space to put things. And when it's a ritual or altar space, it looks like there's already clutter there. And so this is a this is a common conversation we have in our family. But my preference is to have very sweet sitting spaces available to actually sit down and meditate at a whim. And also to have special objects that are reminding myself and other people of the sacred music and prayer of the natural world. Just gentle reminders that help keep us present with what is rather than like all the clutter that can distract us from the preciousness of being. Yeah, that was a beautiful definition. I mean, it really is about for me finding that moment, even if it's fleeting, of just a a moment of presence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Just creating little pockets throughout your home because I think sometimes when when I talk about sacred space with clients sometimes they think they you know that means a meditation space like a designated this is where you do that but really it is about creating that environment all throughout your home and you do sometimes need to get the family on board 
<laughs> I think you need to designate some space to your partner and say, this is your space. <laughs> and this is my space. And this is how I want it to stay. No, I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. um, Good work. It can work. It might. It might. Or maybe get him like a tray or a basket. We had to do that with my husband. I had to give him a basket. And I was like, mm -hmm. instead of everything going on the counter, it all goes mm -hmm. in this basket. And the, mm -hmm. the basket contains it all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the basket isn't organized, but it's not spread out all over. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, mm -hmm. clutter gets the best of all of us. And I sometimes I don't even like to use the word because I feel like a lot of people kind of cringe when they hear it or when they think about their own clutter because it does bring up emotions around shame and guilt and all those mm -hmm. things but mm -hmm. yeah creating little spaces throughout the home you know for me I can think about I have a nice table at the top of my stairs and I try to for a long time it was always cluttered it was cluttered with things that needed to go into the closet which it's like why the closet's right here why is it going on on the cabinet it needs to just go inside the closet um, but I've been trying really diligently to keep that space clear so that when I'm walking up, up the stairs, there's a nice plant. I have, um, a few crystals sitting up there. And then I actually have two vintage art pieces, um, that have like a very relaxed, like profile of two humans. And so all the bedrooms are up there. So to me, it's like when you walk up there, you mm -hmm. kind of have this imagery of, okay, it's time for rest. It's time for peace. Um, and that's, that's so important to have things like that in your space because all of the things we're looking at with our physical eyes are playing in our, around in our subconscious. So that's just an example of a way you can invoke an emotion or a feeling or a state of being just through some of your imagery or objects that you have in your space. Um, so Every Moment Being Sacred is the title of your podcast. I'd love to just give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about your podcast and, and why teaching this practice. Why is it so important to you? Thank you for that question. And I do love my show. It is called Every Moment is Sacred, and it's both an exploration of meditation and healing. And the premise with which I started the show was to give people experiences of how meditation and healing aren't things that we need to seek after, we can actually find them already happening in our lives, the way our lives already are. And meditation being a practice that not everyone is drawn to, it's really the moment of sacredness that you and I are both already talking about that I want to help people find more readily in their lives so that the cultivation of meditation or sacred spaces within finding sacred spaces in the world is more of an everyday activity rather than something special that one needs to do with a specific teacher or retreat or class. But there's more of a relationship of, I can actually be present right now. I can choose presence right now. And the same with healing. That is where healing symptoms that might be problematic or we might be becoming peaceful with something chronic that may or may not go away. 
that that healing, that healing of coming to a more balanced, equanimical state is readily available. And the release of the symptoms is secondary to somebody's peace that can always be found in life. That's so great to hear you say that because I feel like that's the missing piece that we're always kind of seeking outside of or some future state or some you know, past regret as to where we are now, but really the healing is in the moment is what you're saying. That is what I'm saying. Thank yeah. you for hearing that so clearly. Yeah. I've never heard it that way. Like I'm hearing it for myself too, like in this moment. So that was, that was wonderful. <laughs> so I do like to ask my guests too, um, the purpose of my podcast, the Living Elemental podcast is um, based in Taoism. So the five elements whether found in nature or through feng shui, their purpose is to help balance a space. And we all talk about the mind-body-spirit connection quite frequently, but I really do feel that the home is kind of that missing piece to the equation. Um, and I feel that when they're all in balance, that's when we feel most in balance because our home is a reflection of us and our family and our lives and our current situation. So I'm curious if you were able to define what mind, body, home means to you when you hear that, or, you know, just any insight as to home being part of even what you teach in healing and being present. What I love the gift of your show. Sarah, I love the gift of mind, body, home, and it's a beautiful vision that speaks to my heart and something that I am always trying to embody in this stage of my life, meaning embody it in my home. So in the moments where my home is clean and organized, relatively speaking, I'm I've really let go of perfectionism. I'm happy about that. But I also love a clean and organized space. And the light just comes in even more cleanly. And then the access to all the different spaces is so fun. Like, oh, let's go up to the yoga room to play a game. Or let's go over to the loft to exercise. It's just so fun to know that it's accessible and ready and waiting for somebody to join it, like the space becomes a living entity. So mind, body, home on my best day is very exciting and abundant with possibility. I love that. It's like it when you were saying that, it reminded me of like how a, a made bed feels. You know, mm -hmm. it's like that invitation Mm -hmm. When you go in there at night, it's like, oh, it looks so inviting to get into bed because it's mm -hmm. made. It's like ready for you. Um, that's like one of the biggest things I, I've implemented that's been like game changing. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if you make your bed every day, but I know now that I do it. And this is the thing. When I, when I didn't make the bed, I didn't pay attention right, to how it really made me feel. But now when the bed is made. And I go in there at night, it invokes such a different feeling. Mm -hmm. And I catch myself being aware, like, oh my God, I can't wait to get in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I love a freshly made bed. And sometimes when I'm unable to sleep or anybody in my family has a terrible night sleep, I always think, oh, we need to like change the sheets and like freshen things up. It really helps to get a good night's rest. Yeah, for sure. It's the best. And it's, it's one of those areas that I tell clients too, if there's anywhere you can spend a little bit money or you have a little budget to really invest in high quality bedding because uh, there's just something about that. I mean, we spend a lot of time in bed sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, almost half our lives, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, Rain, tell us a little bit about just what you're offering and uh, where we can find you uh, online and your podcast, all the good things. Yes. So the best way to find me online is to go to my website, which is rainelizabeth.org. And there is a weekly meditation group, a gratitude practice, a podcast that we've been talking about, um, individual couples and parenting sessions. So all the good stuff is just there and the site evolves over time. Wonderful. Well, I obviously will put all of that in the show notes for people to find you. I want to thank you so much for coming on today. And um, thank you so much, Sarah. Be sure to check out Rain's podcast, Every Moment is Sacred. This podcast weaves meditation into daily life and transforms every moment into a moment of healing. Rain's website, rainelizabeth.org, is also a wonderful resource for all that Rain has to offer. And of course, you can follow Rain on Instagram at Pictures of Presence. Be sure to also follow myself at Jade Scott Design and visit my website, jadescottdesign.com. You can check out ways in which to work with me directly, as well as take a peek at some of the shop items for sale. There's also a contact form there if you'd like to be a guest on the show. If you have a business or an offering that you'd like to share or you have a perspective on sacred space and living with more intention, I would love to chat with you. So please reach out. And lastly, be sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. And if you feel called, please rate and review. Five-star reviews are wonderful. Until next time, my friends, much love and gratitude.